Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to this Saturday, May 16th, 2015 edition of the Habs 360 Podcast. I'm your host, Chris G. You can follow me on Twitter at ChrisG1980. And my co-host for the day, his handle is all underscore Habs. He's the editor-in-chief and owner of the Habs Network of Six. Rick Stevens, welcome back. Hey, Chris. Glad to be with you. Uh, not not uh, under the circumstances, given the, the Habs are up, but uh, always good to be always good to talk hockey with you. And that's what we'll do in the next thirty minutes. We'll dissect the, the series between the Canadians and the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. So in last week's episode, when we finished off the series, was three one in favor of the Tampa Bay Lightning, and as we know, the Tampa Bay had taken a 3-0 lead in the series. Canadians came back in game number four, and they won the game, gave us confidence, gave us hope. We were hoping that Canadians were able to come back for a, a victory. And, well, game number five was at the Bell Centre, and, well, let's hear what happened. forgot you have to work first before you enjoy it. Red light has come on. Intercepted by Stamkos, he gave it away. Subban gets away from Shore into the middle. Pantone scores! P.A. Pantone! 
this is a group of guys uh, uh, refuse to die, you know, and they, they, they battle hard, and uh, uh, there were no sense of panic even though they scored that goal. Uh, even we got better when they scored that goal. And, well, what we heard, we heard Devante Smith-Pelly score his first goal in the postseason with the Montreal Canadiens, and what a shot that was. There was some hesitation whether or not that goal went in, but it was clear as, um, I don't know, as the sun, as water, that uh, that one went in. And then we also saw a nice play by uh, P.K. Subban, who passed the puck to Pierre Paranto, who was at the slot, top shelf shot. It was also Pierre Paranto's first goal of the playoffs to give the Montreal Canadiens a 2-1 win in game number five, and that gave the Tampa Bay Lightning their series. Well, the lead went down to 3-2, to and Rick, uh, knowing now that this was the final game of the season for the Canadiens at the, at the Bell Centre, they certainly got uh, great entertainment for game number five. It was a great game. The the entire game was was good. Um, you know, the, the Canadians had uh, generated a fair number of chances, um, hit several posts. Carey Price, after the game, called them square posts uh, because they were just uh, hitting and bouncing out until the, the you know the the Devante Smith Pelly goal. Um, it, it was. And at the other end, Carey Price was unbelievable. Uh, that save that he made off of uh, Phil Pillow was, um, I think it was Eric Ingalls that said it was the best save he's ever seen any goaltender make. Uh, it was it was unbelievable the way he adjusted and contorted his body in mid-movement to, to make that save. Uh, it was an incredible game. Um, and and as you say, it, it certainly gave the Canadians and their fans some some hope uh, heading back to Tampa. He's having some uh, peace guy. He's having some uh, a good playoff. I really like his intensity, and uh, that's a good line with Lars and Prusty. And um, they got reward, and uh, they end up scoring the the big goal. Great play by PK Subban, and PA just roofed it up there. You know so. Uh, I was glad for for those guys, him and uh, Devo. I thought uh, Devo set the tone early in the game. You know, he was really physical. He's a tough guy to play against, and he scored a big goal. So that was the coach Michel Terry talking about two players who were unexpectedly uh, ended up being the heroes of the night for the Montreal Canadiens game number five. That's Pierre Paronto and Devante Smith Pelly. We're a confidence group because the way we play. You know, sometimes results not going to be there. You know? And we're approaching uh, every game. We're, we're confident. We're confident because we like as a, as a team the way we play. Um, we like to apply pressure. You know, we don't feel pressure right now. We like to apply that pressure. And the guys feel good about themselves. They love the challenge, and um, this is a group that uh, refuse to die. And, and it, there's a really good and a really good and special chemistry with that group. And they like to be surrounded by each other, and they feel confidence. 
know, the confidence comes because of the way you play. And uh, that was a coach, Michel Terrier, prior to game number six in uh, Tampa. And it was a 3-2 series, so Canadians, two-game winning streak, trying to come behind to close the 3 nothing deficit, so the Canadians were feeling good. The city was feeling good as well, because after when it was 3 nothing, the mood in the city was not positive. But following game number five, people were starting to uh, to feel good. And in fact... It is the first time in Montreal Canadiens history that the Canadians were able to force a game number six after trailing three nothing in a best of seven series. So in theory, on paper, everything looked fine. Let's hear how game six turned out. Goaltender Carey Price was headed for the base just as Max Pacioretty has given the Montreal Canadiens a little life here. Well, first of all, you got to give uh, the Lightning a lot of credit. They played their best game in this series tonight, and uh, for a reason for us right now, it's tough to evaluate our Phil, uh, Phil as a coach that uh, uh, physically and mentally we were drained. So uh, I was disappointed, but I guess those things happen. And, well, we heard uh, Max Pacioretty's goal. It was his fifth goal in the postseason it was the only Montreal Canadiens goal in uh, that game. Tampa Bay went on to win 4-1, to one, and he ended up winning the series 4-2. Uh, to two. And, Rick, uh, before the game, we heard a clip a minute ago from uh, Coach Terry saying all the right things, saying how his team, they're applying pressure, they were ready, they were confident. But I guess... The disappointment for me following game number six wasn't the fact that they lost because realistically, after going down three to nothing, we all knew it was tough for the Canadians to come back and win the series. But what disappointed me was the fact that they they didn't show up for game number six. How can you explain that? Well, I think um, a lot of that, as, as Coach Terrian said, had to do with the fact that Tampa played uh, their best game of the series, and maybe, um, as some of the Lightning players said, their best game of the playoffs. Uh, Tampa is, is we, we have to acknowledge that they're a very, very good team. They're speedy, they have skilled forwards, they have big mobile defense, they have one of the, the best young coaching minds in hockey. John Cooper is a, a tremendous coach. And if you look at, you know, a, a lot was made prior to the Montreal series about Tampa being unbeaten against the Canadians, but look at their record against the teams that are still left in the playoffs. In regulation time, they are unbeaten against the Rangers. They are unbeaten against Anaheim. They're unbeaten against Chicago. Uh, this is a very good team who played a very good game. Uh, John Cooper had a great uh, uh, game plan. He got the matchups that he wanted. He um, the, the two-man forecheck that that we saw in the third period from the Lightning in Game 5. They started right out of the gate. They had a really good start, and the Canadians just didn't have an answer. Um, you know, they had been getting through this series, uh, Montreal uh, playing, which was odd for them, playing a, a possession game, out shooting the, the Bolts, being dominant in the face-offs, um, and, and relying on a, a, a bad goal or two by, by Ben Bishop for their 
for the two wins uh, and the fact that they scored first. Um, in game six, that that all changed. Um, uh, you know, the, they they lost the face-off game. The the the, the Bolts uh, certainly um, were were up in the, the the shot attempts and in the the shots on goal. Um, and you know, getting that that first goal with the the Placanitz turnover was was key. And uh, after that, you know, uh, the Canadians weren't weren't really in it. As you said, they, 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 they didn't seem to show up after that. And, and, and I think that's, that's the explanation that, that uh, Tampa um, showed their skill um, and um, uh, had a very good strategy going in and the Canadians and coach Terry just simply didn't have an answer for it. I'm not proud yet. I think looking back on it, maybe, uh, that's when you see some positives, but right now it's just uh, it's frustrating because there was an opportunity. We couldn't worry about how we got to uh, 3-2. We've, we've gotten out of a big series like that before last year against Boston. So, you know, right now it's just frustrating. Playing solid defense has been a big part of the reason why we've had success this year. Um, you know, but you, you still need to generate offense. You still need to score goals. And those are some post-game comments from uh, Max Pacioretty and P.K. Subban following the game number six. And as soon as Tampa Bay scored the first goal in uh, in game number six, I knew the game was over. Uh, allowing the first goal for the Canadians has been relatively consistent, especially with the beginning of the regular season. The only difference is that when it's the playoffs, it's much harder to come back and uh and get the uh, to, to get the win, come back into the game, and and hope that you take the advantage and beat a team. Tampa Bay, they're a good team. They're in the postseason, and Rick, at the end of the day, a three nothing deficit in the series was uh, too deep of a hole for the Canadians to recover from. Yeah, absolutely. It it um, put them in a very difficult spot uh, in that that they didn't have any margin for error. Um, you know, in, in their games th- this year, it, it, they've been uh, a good portion of them have been one goal games. Um, but, but without having any margin for error at all, they, they, um, you know, in that game six, it was, it was just too difficult. As you said, when they went down one goal and then the second, uh, early in the, the second Tampa goal early in the second period, it simply was over um, for a team that that um, you know was getting a fair number of shots during the playoffs, but wasn't generating a lot of second chance opportunities. Uh, the the scoring chances weren't of the high quality. Um, so then things like uh, hit posts start to to, to become larger, and um, you know in the in game six we saw Brandon Press. You know, there was a perfect feed from Lars Eller. Brandon Press just doesn't have the the hands to be able to finish that. Um, you know, Dale Weiss shot straight into Ben Bishop's glove on his breakaway. Uh, Pierre Parento caught a piece of the post when he was out front in the slot. Um, for a team that that doesn't have a lot of offensive talent and doesn't have an, a a system to create the talent. Um, 
there just wasn't opportunities to come back once they they got down and you know the other part of that is um you know you can you can obscure some of those flaws if you have a really good power play and uh, you know the canadians don't uh, we we know that they haven't had one for the uh the past 2 years um, they scored two goals in 36 opportunities on the in the in the playoffs uh, on the power play um and and when you look at not not just this series but but overall in the playoffs um 5 on 5 Tampa has 21 goals in the playoffs Montreal had 20 Montreal was able to play with these guys 5 on 5 power play uh Tampa has nine power play goals Canadians have two um and you know, a, a goal a game makes a huge difference, um, and they they just they just weren't able to um, cash in on the chances that they had, uh, or generate anything on the power play whatsoever. So, at the end of the game, in the post game comments, one of the Canadians' leaders uh, put the blame on his uh, shoulders for the Canadians' loss. On the other side of the break. Well, we're going to tell you, do we agree, do we disagree? And, well, we're going to point some fingers as well to determine why the Canadians lost against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. This is the Habs 360 podcast. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or family. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entry, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, Search Habs360 on allhabs.net or on iTunes for the archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. Habs360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM has proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundation, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net.
I didn't play well enough for us to win the series. I, you know, I think that's more or less what it comes down to. Um, you know, we won, we lost a lot of uh, a lot of tight games. I just needed to make that one more save, and the, all the games that we lost, and I didn't do that. All right, welcome back. Uh, so we heard there Carey Price putting himself, uh, taking the blame for the Canadiens' loss following game number six. So he put the blame on his shoulders like a, like a leader usually does. The only difference is it looked like Price actually believed it, which uh, inspired us for the, the song coming back, which was Insane in the Brain. In that series, Bishop became the first goalie to defeat the Montreal Canadiens nine times or more in one season. Last person to do that was the Glen Hall in the 1960-61. And Rick, I'm not saying that Price uh, was the reason they lost. I was thinking of, I have enough fingers to list all the reasons Montreal lost before Price. But before the series started, and yes, I do remember that uh, Bishop did allow two bad goals. I wasn't expecting Bishop to be as good, and you can argue even better than Carey Price, and that uh, Carey Price would not have stolen a game in the series. Yeah, I, I can't. Um, I, I know that is a statistic, uh, but I can't um, put uh, Glenn Hall and Ben Bishop in the same in the same <laughs> category. Um, listen, you know, uh, as I said earlier, the, the Tampa is a great team. They've, they've, um, you know, they've got a lot of pieces, uh, but one piece that they don't have is a goaltender. Um, ben Bishop is nothing more than an average goaltender on a very good team. Um, the, the, the system and the talent surrounding him, um, makes that weakness tough to exploit, especially for a team like Canadians who already have a tough time scoring. Um, and and it, it makes Bishop look much better than he is. Um, you look at the, the goaltending statistic, uh, goal saved above average, which takes uh, kind of uh, evens out what the team does. Uh, you look at Carey Price, who's, who was number one in that category, 37 uh, saves, uh, sorry, 37 goals saved above what an average goaltender would save uh, over the over the course of the season. Ben Bishop, two, uh, which says doesn't matter who you put in there. You're uh, you put an average goaltender in the Tampa Bay goal, you're going to get um, uh, about the same the same result. Ben Bishop was 25th in the in the uh, league in that category. Peter Morazic was just ahead of him at 24th, um, which means you know you can put Peter Morazic in there and and look at look at what what uh, Mike Babcock was able to do without a goaltender against uh, the the Lightning. He he brought his team to uh, a seventh game. Um, so you know Carey Price um, he didn't have anything. He was he was the best. He, he was uh, certainly won the goaltending battle, if there was such a thing, and he was certainly the best Canadian throughout the playoffs. But the key is, and I think you said, you said it, was leadership. Um, it, it's not so much, you know, what, what he said was ludicrous. It wasn't his fault. Um, but a guy is saying, 
this I, I, I played this well, but I can play better, and I will play better. And, and teammates want to play for a guy like that. Gallagher spoke to um, Carey Price's leadership in, in making a statement like that. They want to play in front of this guy. Um, Carey Price showed a great deal of leadership, and it's just too bad the position uh, that he plays because he is the de facto captain of, of the Montreal Canadiens. So we're going to play a little game right now. It's a new game that we haven't done before, Rick. So, uh, so we're going to be, uh, I'll, I'll call it typical Habs fans, and we'll point fingers after a loss. So it's, right. a, it's, pretty, it's pretty simple. And, well, the game is, who are the Canadians' three worst players in the series against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning? I'll give you some time to think. I'll let you listen to some comments from from two out of my three choices. Could have been better, for sure. Yeah, especially offensively, obviously. I'd like to more, be more productive in there, but uh, left everything out there what I could and, and definitely want to be better. I'm not looking for any excuses right now, so I uh, probably have to play better, you know, like especially in the playoffs. So uh, I'm not happy the way I played in the playoffs. And... Uh, um, but nothing I can do right now, so I have to just uh, prepare myself for the, for the next season and uh, uh, and move forward. So we, that's Thomas Plekanec and Andre Markov, and on on Markov, we were all hoping that he would have told us that he was injured, but in fact, he says he was healthy. And the reason why I chose uh, Plekanec and Markov was because they both. You didn't step up in the playoffs, and actually Markov's game went down in the postseason. Uh, I was also debating with uh, Galchenyuk, but I gave him the benefit of the doubt for for this season because of the age. And I went with Plekanec because, well, he's a veteran. He has the A. I expect him to step up. And there was a couple of uh, turnovers, costly turnovers in the series. And my third choice I went with Devontae Smith-Pelly. <laughs> the only reason is, well, he was promised to be a playoff performer. He scored a nice goal in game number five as uh, as we played earlier, but that's about it. He wasn't a, a difference maker like uh, he was sold to us by uh, by Mark Bergevin. Rick, what are you, who are your choices? Um, I think the the choices you made are, are very good and arguments can be made with each of them. I'm going to pick three different ones. Um, David D'Arnais, who um, I, th- I think the, the best thing, the best way to describe him, he was completely invisible throughout the playoffs. Um, you know, his, his role changed a little bit uh, moving away from, from um, Max Pacioretty, but, but he was still with, with offensive players. He was, um, and he just couldn't in in two big mobile teams against Ottawa and Tampa. He he couldn't compete. Um, he still got a, a lion's share of the power play time, and and couldn't generate anything. Uh, and for your 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 number one center, uh, um, who was the number one center throughout the, the season, to have one goal in the playoffs. Um, it, it, it and three points. It's it. It was it was. I he got much worse during the, the playoffs. 
Um, Tom Gilbert would get um, my my second vote. Um, it's funny because Tom was uh, he ended up with five points, and um, you know when 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 your third pairing defenseman is is getting uh, is number four in scoring, uh, it's it's saying something. Uh, but Tom Gilbert was was had a rough time defensively, and um, was giving up the puck a lot, turning it over in his own end, uh, having problems with coverage. Um, he, he was, he was supposed to be the, the free agent acquisition, um, that, that Jeff Petrie ended up turning into. He was, uh, Gilbert was supposed to be that second pairing defenseman, uh, didn't turn out that way. I uh, had a rough playoff and I, and the third vote will go to, uh, uh, Michelle Terrian, and that was, uh, it was his responsibility, um, um to get the power play going, number one. Um, he didn't. Uh, pathetic 5.6%. Um, his, you know, special teams, uh, his penalty kill uh, really hurt the uh, the team as well, uh, down at 70%, after having a pretty good season. But in the playoffs, they were awful. And thirdly, uh, his his stubbornness not to, not to make adjustments um, when they were sorely needed. Uh, so he would get my my third vote as reason for the Canadians not being able to advance further in the playoffs. And well, that was the final result. Canadians ended up losing four two. weren't able to recover from the three nothing deficit that they suffered on early in the season, early in the series, I should say. Sorry about that. And who knows if either game number one or game number two could have been different. The result of the series. Uh, could have gone the other direction. Rick, thank you very much for joining us and helping us analyze the series between the Canadians and the Lightning. Uh, terrific to join you. We'll be here all all uh, summer and check us out at allhabs.net and uh, on Twitter at all underscore habs. Thanks again, Chris. It's great season for you. No problem. Thank you very much, Rick. And coming up in our next episode will be our season in review. We'll be looking at the Canadians off-season action plan. My name is Chris G at Chris G980 on Twitter. Enjoy the rest of the postseason. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.